Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Hope everyone is doing well. Everyone's having a good week. As promised, I'm back at it again to preview Ike versus Adis for this week and to go over uh, the Greek Cup result over over this midweek. Um, also, I want to cover a little bit of uh, how I see the Greek Super League and over the past few days, I've actually been able to catch some of the Greek Cup games to talk about our competitors, our opponents a little bit. Um, let me get the formalities out of the way, guys. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you can. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I, and I thank you um, beforehand. Uh, also, I'm on social media, like my Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan, at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on Twitter. So let's get to it, guys. Um, I don't even think I mentioned it over the past couple of episodes that um, we had a cup match against Pansaraikos. Uh Maybe I might have mentioned that we were playing. I didn't, you know, I didn't elaborate uh, this past week's episode that we had won the week before. Um, I could take the return leg in Cetis, which is was nice to kind of for Ike to be back up there for people that are old enough to remember in the Greek Super League. And I wish they'd kind of bring this back. I think I might have mentioned this before on the podcast. Back in the day, what they used to do is instead of um, punishing the stadium and making uh, the teams play without fans, they would send the teams to play in the more rural areas, which was kind of nice. Like I would go up to Alexandrupoli and play where there's a lot of, I could do this up there. They sometimes would go up to Cetis and play. Um, so it was nice to kind of see all the northern, I could do this from Macedonia, Macedonia, uh, the central part of Macedonia, and the beautiful town of Cetis. Uh, as I said before, Ike were able to get that victory 3-1 with two goals from Mandalos, and quite a cracker by a um, very nice goal by Majeras. Uh, but next, coming up next, is our favorite, Olympiacos. Um, kind of excited about this one. So I always come into these games, kind of these derby games, especially in the, in the cup, kind of optimistic, right? I mean, there have been times where we've had a really, really good team, almost just as good, or if not as better than Olympiacos, similar to how it is this year. And then we've also had years where I shake my head and I dread facing one of our rivals in the cup. Um, I would say I'm kind of optimistic about it. Uh, I would say we're the favorites considering the team's form. Uh, over the past, over the season, but you never know. I mean, it's a two-leg derby affair with the um, semifinal with it starting in, uh, I guess, Sofia. I want to say it's February 8th, February 7th or 8th, and um, the return match later on, I think, in the month um, against Olympiacos at Karaiskaki. So very, very interesting for me personally to maybe kind of get the cup talk out of the way and to get to the deadbeat over the weekend. Um, it's going to be very exciting, but it's also going to be like, okay, we have an opportunity here to kind of get some revenge as far as the cup is concerned. We can knock Olympiacos out, which is going to make us feel very good about going to the final. And then in the final, in all likelihood, we're going to face... Uh, the guy with the Scufaki, Lucescu, who I went a little crazy on uh, the last podcast episode. Um, 
and finally be able to beat Balk. Uh, it would be like a lot of vindication and validation for Ike if we're able to do that. Not to demean Lamia, but I think over a two-leg affair, especially with Balk flying high, quote-unquote, um, they should be able to get the job done against Lamia. Um, they have the easier semi than, than Ike. So I'm also going to touch a little bit on the cup later on when I go through and talk about the form of the the top teams in the in the Greek Super League. So quickly, so I don't want to keep you guys long today since I had such a long podcast last time. Um, continuing on, we have the Addis match this weekend in Philadelphia. Uh, let me touch on some injury reports before um, getting into the nitty-gritty of the game. So... Garcia is considered healthy. He practiced over the last couple of days, so he should be, all things considering, he should be able to start, which is good news for Ike. I know that we have to keep in mind with both playing Addis this weekend and then the matchups we have with Olympiacos coming up is that these aren't the same teams that they were when we faced them in the first round of the of the league. Addis are a much improved team, even though they they lack creativity and scoring ability. At times, um, they're still a solid team. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different. That being said, I still think it's very key that Levy Garcia is there because he wreaked havoc on that uh, Adi's defense last time. So hopefully he can put on a similar performance to what he did at the Vigilidis Stadium last time. Um, Adis are also going to be coming off a very emotional loss, a very tough and heartbreaking loss for them. They really played Olympiacos tough both games and were just really unlucky. Uh, missed the penalty late on to tie the game up, to send it into over extra time. Uh, very tired legs. Now, I don't play a lot into that as far as the... I still think professionals are professionals. It could affect them a little bit. It could affect them... You know, it 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 could go either positive or negative. Could Adi's completely be done, the players completely be done as an organization for this season and just be like, go out against Ike and lay an egg, as we say in English terms, like not play well? It could be the exact opposite and be like, fire them up. Be like, we need to go out and prove who we are. And a perfect opportunity to get that first win at the Opaparina, Aya Sofia, against Ike. So it could go either way. I've never been a big fan of really reading into that. Um, cup matches are weird. You guys know a lot of subs happen in cup matches, even big cup matches. Um, so I think Adis would, would have still... I, I feel like they threw the kitchen sink to say in the in the Libiacos game. They threw everything they could to try to... Because for them, progressing in the cup was a huge deal. Um, so they really went after it against Libiacos. But, you know, I, I don't want to read into that too much and be like, oh, we're, we're going to breeze through this game. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be a very hard-fought derby match. Um, like I said, Adis has played Olympiacos not just good in the past two cup matches. They've met three times over the last uh, two and a half, three weeks. Um, and Olympiacos every time was able to get the better of them, as, at least as far as the score sheet is concerned. Um, in other news, Fernandez kind of has a light sprain. Uh, he's going to take it a little easy over the next couple of games. They said they're not expecting him to start again till he might be available against Atromitos, but they said most likely if he's not filling up to it, they're not going to risk it. Uh, hopefully he'll be 
ready for the derby against uh, Olympiacos in the cup uh, beginning of next month. Um, Iliason, great news, is kind of ahead of schedule, even though they said it was going to be like beginning of February before he was back. Um, he practiced all last week, practiced this week. There's still talks maybe he might make the squad and maybe get a little bit of PT in the, the Addis match, but some people have said that might be highly unlikely still just to kind of, you know, get him... Uh, just kind of give him some more time to heal. Um, so I don't know, but it's very, very good. You know, we we fell in love with this guy before he got injured, and hopefully he can come back just like Gatsinovich, where even though Gatsinovich isn't one hundred percent himself, uh, hopefully there's not a drop off more Eliasson. I, I I don't think so. I think he's a young kid. Uh, he should be back at it. I mean, there might be some rough, you know. A little bit of a rough time bouncing back, like any players, um, but I think he'll uh, he'll be a vital part of this uh, club going forward, and especially that attack. Um, now, a question that I wanted to bring up that I'm wondering about, is, and that I was thinking about the other day, is you know if those of you that have been with me for the long haul here have heard me especially over the past few months talk about how the defense was playing so well. We had a defense that would, to use American terms, like bend but don't break. Like, to say it in Greek, the homas and fasis, but also uh, then the homas and goal. Or, you know, we would allow some chances here and there, but team, it was very hard for teams to score on us. That seems to be kind of taking a little bit of a turn here as we're letting in more goals. Obviously, we haven't let in uh, a ton of goals. We're not leaking goals by any sense, but I do feel like sometimes at the back we do look a little more shaky. You know, we conceded against Pansaraikos, which, for what it's worth, I get it, man. Like, um, Zavellas and Pormitoglu, I think individually they're great players. Paired up with someone else, they're great players for some reason. And we've seen this at with much better players, with at much bigger clubs or let's say more high-profile clubs, that center-back pairings sometimes don't work out the way you want them to. And uh, it, it proved again that that was the case against Pansaraikos. Um, the rumor is that the team's looking for another center-back. Um, again, I would love to see them go towards a left-back, but if they can't find something that Almeida and team management can agree upon would be something solid right now because you are taking a big risk. Muhammadi's timeline to return, I think he has about another month, a month and a half. He should make it by beginning to mid-playoffs. But right now you're taking a big risk because you're only left-back. You have other players that can play that position, but your only true left-back right now is uh, Haji Safi. And that's risky to me because if he gets injured and then you have to throw Sidi in there, which I saw him a little bit against Pansaraikos, I'm not fully sold on the guy yet. I understand he's a world-class talent at times, but sometimes on the defensive end, he just looks like a, still looks like a liability. And if you look like a liability against a Super League 2 side, then, I mean, um, it's a little worrisome for that left-back position. Um so my question is, do we have any concerns as far as the defense is concerned? You know, like Vida hasn't looked quite himself since the World Cup break. Um, 
I was chatting with a friend of mine, a Nike friend of mine, back and forth and asking him this question just to kind of get someone else's thoughts. And, um, you know, he pointed out the Mukudi that he did not have a good game last game. But I kind of feel like that's a, you have to give the guy a, a mulligan or a do-over. Uh, you know, not to be stating the obvious here, but football's football, right? If over 90% of the time a goal is made because someone in the defense makes a mistake. So defenses, mistakes in defense are going to happen. Um, you know, but we did see at the beginning of the season that this defense was much tighter, much, you know, I mean, we got scored on twice by Panathinaikos by two penalties. Other than that, you know, yeah, Faga Mefasis, Panathinaikos created opportunities in that first match against us in Foros, but they needed two shots from the spot to score on us. And then we had that terrible goal that was a defensive it was not really a defensive blunder. The defense didn't not, didn't react right, and the goalkeeper didn't act right. Where uh, Delatic in that first round against Volos had that rocket that went in. You have to look at those as kind of anomalies because those weren't like classic opportunities where, you know, the defense completely imploded and gave away a cheap goal. Um, to get back on track and get back on Mukudi. Yes, he didn't have his best game, but you could tell there was something up with the pitch. The team in general did not have a, its best game against the Onyikos, but still we were able to pull off the win. So, I don't know, just something to think about, just something to kind of that's been working on my mind. I think definitely we're going to see if there is some type of defensive issue over the next few weeks because we got Adi this week, um, Atromito next, next round in the – or next – uh, game in the league midweek after Atromitos we have the first semi-final match against cup match against Olympiacos and then I think right on top of that we have Pauk so February for me is going to be a tough tough month for Ike right I think a tough month for everybody around Greek football um, it's going to be it's going to make or break us I think Come March 1st, we're going to be like, okay, we're on track. We're hitting our stride. We're close to making a cup final. We're, you know, still at the top or on top of the league, hopefully, God willing. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a very enjoyable month of football, especially for Ike. Uh, definitely, definitely this month coming up in February. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get these three points against Adis. I'm going to kind of come off of that a little bit to also if we were able to get three points against Addis, it's massive for two reasons obviously three points is three points then you can x one of those games out where you've done well you're going into Atromitos and then Olympiacos in good mental shape let's say in good form in good mental shape having taken all three points so Atromitos doesn't become like a do or die match um which to me you have to pick up points in Atromitos but, um, you know, first things first, we need to get those games out of the way and then um, just take it one game at a time and really see, or actually, no, my bad, sorry guys, I got a little confused here. Uh, what we want to do is beat Adis and then put the pressure Monday night on Panathinaikos when they have to travel to Tripoli and they take on a Tripoli side and let's see how Panathinaikos reacts now 
where even if it is temporarily, where they know if they don't win, you're no longer top of the table. Um, it'll be very interesting to see if, if, like I said, and it's a big if, if I can get it done. Um, and make a scoreline prediction, I think we're going to get it done. I think we're going to win one or two nil. Uh, the defense is going to step it up. I think we always play so much harder, so much better at Sofia. If memory serves me correct, I don't think we've dropped any points at home yet, even though we've had some tough matches at times. You know, Atomitos comes to mind. Um, some derby matches, Panathinaikos, obviously, Bauk. Um, we haven't dropped any points at home. And, um, it, you know, I think we're, we can take care of business against Adis if we're serious serious and good. If we play anything like we did against Sonikos in the first half, then questions may be asked. But... We'll have to see, because um, I do feel that Adi's defense is is not too good, and they don't really have a lot of creativity in the midfield. Um, Gray kind of scares me a little bit. He's a good striker, but what's his mental status after he missed probably the biggest kick of the year for Adi's? Um, just a, just actually just yesterday um, in the cup match, or just the other day in the cup match. I apologize. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of questions there, but definitely from what I've seen, Pardue has them playing a little bit better. And they're improved. I wouldn't expect it to be, you know, the how can you say it? Not showboating, but the the performance that I put on in the beginning this the first in the first uh, round where we won. You know, we could have comfortably won easily, like four or five nil. And I'm not exaggerating. If you guys remember that match, we missed so many opportunities in that match. That's not to uh, degrade Adis in any means. It's just the truth, you know? All right, so let's move on here because I want to talk a little bit about our opponents, our competitors for the championship, how I saw them. And yes, we have to I have to take what I saw the other day with a grain of salt because cup matches can be different, like I said. Some teams like Aris and Panathinaikos, for example, they were coming in desperate. They they needed to get results in order to try to progress in the cup. Whereas Olympiacos and Bauk were able to make some changes to their lineups. Um, let's start with, and then no no what no my bad. What I'm going to do is talk about the league matches coming up, and then mention the teams form and how I saw that how I saw it over the past few days in the cup uh what I was trying to say was like I said the league uh lineups I know sometimes can vary from the cup lineups but it it, it still can affect the club anyways let's, let's let me sorry guys um got a little confused there for a second with my notes so we got Olympiacos Ofi's got to go into the Karaskaki Stadium. Ofi have been of great form lately. I watched them play against Bauk, and they really played well against Bauk. I mean, they pressed high against Bauk. Uh, they clobbered um, Panatolikos. They've just been in good form lately. And this could possibly be a trap game for Ljubiakos, especially Ljubiakos team that, yes, they got the result that they needed against Adi, but really did not look so sharp. Like I said, still a lot of subs in, and I'm sure different players are going to play. Uh, they're going to give Olympiacos fits. Whether they're able to come away with a result in Karaiskaki, I don't know. You know, you guys know my thoughts on Karaiskaki. It's one of those stadiums where if Olympiacos gets an early uh, goal, 
I don't care how good Ofi's defense is. It could become an onslaught, but um, to be fair, I think Olivecos come away with the points here. But I wouldn't be surprised if they if they slip up um, because I kind of saw them just not. I mean, honestly, Adi's should have at least scored one goal. They were creating a few more opportunities than they had over the past few weeks, and they were just very unlucky against Olivecos. They had Olivecos on their heels for a little bit. If it wasn't for uh, a great performance by the the youngster goalkeeper for Olympiacos. Um, we could be talking about a different story. Um, then again, you have to think about it. No matter how many changes he makes, Michelle makes, there's still going to be some tired legs out there. Um, so that could play a key role, even though I don't particularly don't give that a lot of uh, a lot of thought. Uh, it still could clearly be a possibility, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens. In the Olympiaco Sofi match, very interesting stuff there. I think it should be a very entertaining match to watch. Uh, <clears throat> let's move on now to Pauk versus Livadia or Livadiacos. This should be business for Pauk. I mean, yes, Livadia are bottom of the table, and just like we saw in our match against the Oñicos, that uh, these teams are going to fight in matches because they need any points they can get. So. But I, uh, this is a, a tough one for Livadiacos to go into a place where Pauk flying high on confidence, getting another win in low photos this past week, uh, midweek in the cup match. Um, but I got to admit, like Panathinaikos was able to score early in that game, um, in the cup game. Pauk were able to react. I mean, Panathinaikos had them in the... Uh, on, on their heels at some point, and you felt like they were going to get a second goal, and it was going to make things very, very interesting. Uh, it never happened. There was a late penalty given to Pauk, which essentially sealed the deal. They were able to score and be up by two goals. Again, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, and I and I had totally forgotten about this until one of the announcers said it um, the other day watching the, the Greek Cup matches, that there's no away goal this year. So they've moved from the traditional, like, away goals count more, so if you get more away goals, you automatically go through. Um, to what's become the mainstay now in the, the the European competitions where there are no away goals. To me, I kind of like the away goal rule because people see this differently. For me, I felt like it gave the little guy a little more of an opportunity to, you know, if you can muster, if you guys remember the cup game with us, with Lam, uh, not Lamia, Larissa, Ael, a, f- a few years ago where... We drew nil nil in um, in Larissa, and then at home we were one one. And Larissa were getting ready to go through the cup final, and it took the heroics of Cristóbal Lopo that last minute, last second bicycle kick to send us through to the final. Um, for me personally, I think that the away goals help the little guy. Now I've heard the exact opposite, where they say that um, you know taking away the away goal rule helps out the little guy more. I I don't know. It's it's. It's however anyone sees it. For me, like I said, I think the away goal kind of helps the little guy. Anyway, but Balk, um, yeah, they were on their heels in this game. Costandelias again played a great game. He is just something to watch. He's fun and exciting to watch. I can't believe I'm saying that about a Balk player, but it's the truth. You can't. I mean, he's a young Greek talent. Um, Luchescu, of course, with his antics, they were arguing every freaking call. I'm not going to get into that again. All I'm going to say is that 
just Gufaki and the way the guy looks. He looks like a Peos. If you don't know what a Peos is, Peos, P-E-O-S, I think you, how, how you would spell it. Uh, you can use your imagination. <laughs> he looks like he's got a capota on his head. Um, it just, it, I, I, I have to root against this guy no matter where I see him. Um, even if it is, I wasn't rooting for Panathinaikos, but, you know, I was rooting to watch drama. Um, but with all that said, you know, the, the guy, they're a threat, both to, to bring him back to the league, they're a threat for the league, um, meaning that they're a threat for the title, because I think that this guy, he's a, he's a motivator. He's a good tactical manager to a certain extent, but then he's also a great motivator. Uh, it looks like his players would run through a brick, brick wall for him. And um, if you guys have seen the documentary of Arsenal on um, on Amazon on Amazon TV or whatever, uh, you see how much that motive, you know, how fiery Arteta can get. I'm not saying Lutescu's on Arteta's level, and Lutescu's not a gentleman like Arteta can be. I mean, I don't mind a little bit of fiery in a coach. I don't mind them getting out of place, you know, but there's no sense of certain stuff he says and does in football. I think no fan, no fans except for Pac fans like him. And at the beginning of the season, Pac fans didn't even like him. So um, there's still a threat for the league. But I think in general, guys, over the next few weeks, because we're going to start seeing a lot of teams play each other the big clubs, um, we're really going to be able to, to tell to tell who is for real, who's a pretender, and who's going to be a true contender. Um, in my eyes, I think right now, Ike and Olympiacos more than Pauk are, I believe in the end, going to fight it out for the title. Uh, one, I don't think Pauk has been so inconsistent this year that I don't think they can bring consistency constantly in the playoffs. But then again, the wild card is again Lutescu and how he's going to motivate his players and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, Panathinaikos did show me one thing to take it back to that cup match against Balk. To talk about Panathinaikos for a minute, they did show me something. They showed me a little bit of heart, honestly. They showed grit. They showed like they didn't lay down, even though they had just lost 2-0 in Tumba in the first leg. And then midweek, amongst this crazy celebration with... Jibril Cisse and uh, Marcus Berg coming back to be honored uh, before the Panathinaikos Pauk match and then get smashed 3 0. Uh, which, again, and I said this the other day, the scoreline's not an indication of how the game went. I don't think it was a game that Pauk utterly dominated and won 3 0. It was just a game where they just were able to make better of their chances. Um, you know, to come back from that and not have a full house this week in La Flores, obviously a lot of Panathinaikos fans were disgruntled, and to come back and put on a performance where they get an early goal and they give it all they've got. I mean, that 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 that, that, that made me respect Panathinaikos more. Made me think that okay, this team's not gonna bow out so easily as everyone thinks. Because I think everyone across both Greek media. Um, Greek English speaking media, all the other podcasts that I've listened to this week have said, you know, like a lot of people are predicting Panathinaikos to really fall back now. Um, I, you know, I, 
I still would say that's a possibility and it's a strong possibility, but they did show some heart. And I think Mancini, he's not my caliber player would want on my club, but he's a player that I think right now the need, that offensive spark that Panathinaikos need, could really be a little bit of a difference maker for them. I don't know. It's going to make things very interesting. Uh, so I said my thoughts on the Pao Clivadiacos before I move on to their game against to Panathinaikos Asteras. Um, I think uh, this is going to be chalk for Pauk, uh, meaning I think they'll pick up all three points and keep rolling here. I'd be shocked if Livadiakos were able to go in there and get a result, which I want to say last year they did. So you never know. I'm sure that Pauk crowd is going to be very ruckus. They're very happy probably after the showing against Panathinaikos. They're, you know, and rightfully so, they believe they're right in the mix of uh, a double. <laughs> You know, I mean, they're right in the mix of they're on the cusp of making the Greek Cup final and they're like knocking on the door of uh, the top of the table. So it should make things very interesting. Now, let me move to Asteras Panathinaikos. Now, as I said in the last podcast, Asteras is not the club that we're all used to seeing. They're not this kind of giant killer or this team where it's very hard to go play in Tripoli. It is. We dropped points there in Tripoli this year again. Um, they haven't had a good season by their standards. I think they're going to give Panathinaikos fits. How does Panathinaikos deal with the pressure? Does, will Jovanovic have his players mentally prepared for the fact that they're, even if it's temporarily, looking up at Ike if Ike win? Um, you know, are they going to be nervous about capitalizing? Let's say, knock on wood, we have a bad result and... Olympiacos wins, or Olympiacos has a bad result. Um, how are they going to deal with that? Is that going to take some of the pressure off, or is it going to give it even more pressure to be like, we need to win this game so we can get, so we can create another good buffer again uh, between us and the rest of the clubs? Um, it's going to be an exciting weekend, I think. It's going to be a very exciting weekend. Some of the smaller matches are very interesting. A lot of teams fighting re- relegation, finding that middle. Uh, that are on the border of making the playoffs, you know, Aris, to take it back here to a point that I didn't make before in the match against us, Aris are going to want to get all three points so they can get high up to the table as they can and get some distance between fifth and sixth place because there are these teams coming in that are hot, like Atromitos, Ofi, uh, they could be making those late playoff pushes too. So they're going to want to get away from that zone to where, you know, for Addis, it would be catastrophic if they don't make the playoffs and they have to drop down into the, the relegation. Um, not that they would drop down to the relegation zone, but they would drop down to the, the second tier, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're not going to be in the in the playoffs for the title race. Uh, all right, guys. So I think I've touched on a lot. Um, let me touch on a couple things. Uh, basketball. Oh, gosh. Two bad quarters cost Ike. A bad first period cost them and a bad fourth period. The fourth period was beyond terrible. Um, I really wish at bare minimum. I mean, the team played good. The two middle quarters, second and third quarter, they played good, especially the second quarter. I mean, Ike jumped out to a lead, actually, if you could believe it. If you just saw the scoreline, we lost by 22 in Malaga. Uh, first game of the round of 16 of the um Basketball Champions League playoffs. Uh, so it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very hard for us to... I don't know if it's the top two or top team that goes on. We're facing teams with double and triple our budget. 
this was a bad loss. And it was a bad loss not just because of the scoreline. Well, yeah, because of the scoreline. Because you now, you're not going to be able to make up that difference. Um, you're not going to be able to make up that difference. You were in that game. If we could have stole that game in Malaga, it would have been perfect. We would be coming back to an uh, empty stadium back in Athens and playing against Galatasaray this week. It's, it'll be the last match of the, the ban. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have our fans there um, because I think going up against Galatasaray, it's going to be a very, very difficult match with a team double, triple your budget. Um and this team, again, I feel like I've been saying this all season, this team just needs time to gel because there are moments where they've played... I watched almost this whole match, and they played exceptional basketball, but they just need, you know... In basketball, I feel like it's always easy offensively for you to click with other players. It's very easy to click offensively. Defensively, uh, transition defense was terrible at times. Um, some of the point guard play, I like the, the youngster, Philonis. Uh, Greek player. I love seeing Greek players play. Um, great little point guard we have there. Um, but my point about Philonis is you take the opposite. You expect stuff out of your veterans like Santopoulos to come in and play well. And he had two, oh gosh, horrific turnovers that really uh, set Malaga up for, for the comeback. Um and then fourth quarter, I feel like everything just fell apart. Um, Mitchell, I think his name is Amir. Amir Mitchell, the, the, I think he plays either center or power forward. I want to say he plays center. A fantastic player. Fantastic, gives it all he's got. Uh, he, he honestly kept us in the match. Um, we missed a couple wide open shots. Like I said, our transition defense was just not there. Uh, it's still not there. And I get it. That, that's a part of today's game. Today's game is so three-point base that part of your the things you do as a basketball team is to try to get open threes and 100% I get that but you because you know that's part of the modern game transition defense is, is very key and I feel like I didn't have that and come the fourth quarter where you're chasing a score and you're and it's time's running out and Malaga were such a good team on transition offense and on the break, that they just they murdered us. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They killed us in those last few minutes, and we're able to run up the score. And it sucks because aggregately now there's no way at home, no matter how good you are, that I believe we can beat Malaga. If it comes up between us and Malaga, let's say, that we can beat Malaga by like 24 points or 23 points to get the win. At least if you would have kept it, you know, a seven, eight point loss or a six point loss or something, something reasonable, then yeah, you could say, okay, if it comes down to that last match in uh, Anoyosha against Malaga, we can win the game by like eight or nine points. Um, so kind of disappointing, but maybe, you know, this team has surprised me this year, but we've been so Jekyll and Hyde, guys. We've been so hot and cold. You know, they'll have like one exceptional game where you'll be like, damn, this team can keep up with anybody. They could even keep up with dare I say it, like Panathinaikos for one game. Um, and then they'll have a game where it's like, you know, they struggle to beat the no Fortisti Karditsa in Karditsa. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the Greek Basketball League. So anyway, guys, I hope everyone has a good weekend. Forza, Kara, in all sports. I hope um, all our teams, no matter where across the board they're playing, we get victories today. We pull off that victory against Adis over the weekend for football. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be doing much tweeting during that match. I have a prior obligation. I'm going to be out of town for half that day. So 
hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to join in at halftime um, to watch the second half of the match. Uh, but we'll see, guys. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Enjoy all the football. Enjoy all the sports this weekend. Que Alexandre Pumé.